You ought to take your neighbor by the hand, look them in the eye and say, in the name of Jesus, it won't work. It won't work. It's not going to get the best of you. It won't work. You know, I'm glad that the Lord didn't say some weapons formed against you will not prosper. Oh, that, that'd leave the door wide open, wouldn't it? But he said, no weapon. No weapon. Sometimes we act like the enemy's got some kind of secret weapon plant and he's created something God don't know about and well, this will finally get me. But no weapon. It won't work. Fear won't work. Depression won't work. Doubt won't work. Discouragement won't work. Disappointment won't work. Shame won't work. Regret won't work. Woo! It won't work. I'm thankful for the blood of Jesus on me. Hallelujah. It just won't work. Give him a hand clap and a shout of praise. God's able in this house today to do exceeding abundantly above. And that's great when we say that, exceeding abundantly, but I just like the part that says he's able to do. He's able to do. There ain't nothing that he can't do. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's lift our hands to the Lord for just a moment. The Lord's moving, talking, speaking to people. Come on. God's getting your heart ready for his word. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit's about to say. Come on. We want our hearts to be good ground. Go ahead and break up that fallow ground. Get it ready for the word to be sown. Oh, we praise you, we praise you, we praise you. Oh, I'm thankful for the Spirit of the Lord. I'm thankful for the Spirit of the Lord. God's able, God's able, God's able. Hallelujah. How many knows he's able today? Hallelujah. Give him one more hand clap and a shout of praise. We're very glad to have with us today that this is his first time preaching for us, so don't 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 make it awkward. You've you've seen preachers before. Preach with him. Worship with him. Get with him. Listen to him. Shout, holler, amen. Do what we normally do when people's preaching. Don't be you gotta figure him out. He's Holy Ghost filled, he's apostolic, he's great man of God so we get ready for the word amen I'm ready to hear what the Lord's going to say to us today but we are just great to have him this won't be the last time I'm sure uh, brother Caleb Heron won't you come and tell us all about yourself and preach to us today we love you brother Well, if you love Pastor Walden and his family, why don't you make some noise right now? 
Come on, aren't you thankful for godly leadership in your life? Amen. And if you love Jesus, why don't you make some noise here this morning? Come on, anybody glad to be in the house of the Lord? Praise God. Have five, two or three people around you and tell them it's good to see them in the house of the Lord. Let them know you're glad they decided to come to church. Praise God. Well, hadn't this praise team and these musicians just done an outstanding job? My goodness. Sister Walden up here singing. Not singing, she's singing. I love this family. I appreciate them so very much. And it is my distinct honor and privilege to be here. And I will be the first to tell you that I'm not here just to preach or to fill a weekend on the calendar. I'm here to see God change lives. And you ought to make up in your mind right now, God can start with me. I'm just crazy enough to believe God can do anything. Come on, anybody believe God can still do anything? And by anything, I mean anything. Amen. Let's grab our Bibles. I want to go to Psalm chapter 100 and verse number 1. Again, such an honor to be here. The leadership here, I honor them, the entire Walden family, and everyone that makes all of this happen. God bless you. I appreciate you so very much, and it's good to be with all of you, all the great saints of... Saints of God this morning. Psalm chapter 100 and verse number 1. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord all ye lands. And serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, He is God. It is He that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter. And to his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Why? For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. There are some revelations that David has tucked away here in this chapter. And the first one is, is that before you know anything else, you have to know that the Lord, He is God. Before you know anything else, you have to first know that somewhere out there, there is a God. And then he gets into that realm of salvation, which is that second revelation. And he says, I know there's a God out there somewhere. But now I know that we are his people. And we are the sheep of his pasture. Can I tell you that you are not a sheep and God is not your shepherd until you repent of your sins. And you are baptized in the only saving name of Jesus Christ. And God fills you with the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking with other tongues. And if you want to become a sheep, you can become a sheep in this room here today. Anybody believe God can fill somebody with the Holy Ghost? 
And I know your pastor's already said it. I don't know you and you don't know me. But we know him. So I'm going to ask you again. Does anybody believe God can fill somebody with the Holy Ghost? Praise God. And then David gets into that third revelation. And that's the one I want to talk about here today. In verse number 5 where he said that his mercy is everlasting. And his truth endureth to all generations. In other words, God is faithful. God is faithful. I want to talk to you about the third revelation of God this morning. The third revelation of God. And that is that he is faithful. If I could get just a little help with this monitor. Would you lay your Bibles down Would you lift your hands and would you close your eyes all over the house? And I want you to pray like an apostolic in this room. I want you to pray like you believe God can do anything. As a matter of fact, if you have the Holy Ghost, I'm asking you right now to let God broaden your vocal cords and just begin to pray under the authority of the Holy Ghost. Come on. Come on, would you lift your voice with faith and with expectancy? Hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, he's faithful. And he wants to show you that he's faithful. Would you put your hands together and would you clap with everything you've got here today? That sounds good, but what would sound better is if you'd mix your voice with that. Would you clap your hands and throw your head back and just shout? Come on, why don't you shout like you're on the winning team here today? Come on, we're going to do that a little bit longer until we feel liberty to move on. Why don't you clap and shout until you feel total liberty in this house? Come on, let's push that. Let's Let's fan that flame just a little bit. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. The third revelation of God. God bless you. Thank you for standing. You can be seated if you promise to help me preach. The first revelation David covers is the revelation that somewhere out there in the distance, there is a God. But with the hour that we live in, we live in a very technical age. And especially my generation and the generation following me is a generation that wants an explanation for everything. So it's not enough just to know that God exists. We need to know the nature of this God that exists. Isaiah said that God inhabits eternity. When you study the scripture, Isaiah 57 and 15 is the only verse in the King James Bible that the word eternity ever occurs. That same Hebrew word is found in Isaiah 9 and 6 when God is called the everlasting God. Father. 
So from this, we understand that God's existence did not begin in time. But these words like eternity and everlasting ascribe to him a never-ending duration. In eternity, there is God. And in time, there is creation. And in time, there are covenants between God and his creation. And time is the avenue that God uses to prove that his promises are in him, yea, and in him, amen. So God's nature is an eternal nature. God is not subject to time, but time is subject to God. Both Old and New Testaments contain metaphorical language, such as when Scripture says that God has eyes, and God has ears, and God has hands, and an arm, and a mouth. Uh, But we have to realize that when an eternal God is given attributes that are temporary and created. It is metaphorical language that is being used for our human understanding because a spirit does not have flesh and bones. So before God manifests himself in the flesh, the prophets had to speak in language that humanity could understand. There is no word in the human vocabulary to adequately describe your God. You can say that God is amazing, but that's not good enough. You can say that God is astounding, but that's not good enough. You can say that God is wonderful or extraordinary, but that's not good enough. So they had to describe him in such a way that would allow finite minds to somewhat comprehend an infinite God. It's an attempt at best for created people who operate in time to understand a God who operates in eternity. You see, time is connected with change and motion. That's why there's erosion in nature. That's why humans age. We don't remain the same, but with time, there are things about us that decay and change. Things in time have a beginning, and they have an ending, and they develop in stages from their beginning to their ending but the writer of Hebrews said thou Lord in the beginning has laid the foundation of the earth and the heavens are the works of the hands they shall perish but thou remainest so when motion and change affect time you have to know that your God remains the same scripture calls this attribute immutability It means never changing. It means never wavering. It means never varying. He never alters his nature and his essence. Immutability helps us understand eternity because time has a continual succession. It is divided into segments and parts. Scripture is broken down into dispensations and eras. As a matter of fact, much of Israel's history is even documented according to time frame in the book of Chronicles, uh, which could also be called the book of times. 
So time began at creation. But God is before creation. Therefore, God is before time. So if God operates outside the parameter of time, he also operates outside the parameter of space. We do not believe that God ends when time ends. And even though space is infinite in extent, we do not believe that God ends when space ends. But actually, space is inside of God. You and I see space as something that is endless, but your God is so great that he sees space as something that he is bigger than. So this immutable God cannot be affected by time. If God could change, he would become better or he would become worse. And that is impossible for the perfect God that you serve. Time could not have existed before creation because that would have caused God to choose one moment rather than another moment to perform the act of creation. You see, humans perceive time by observing the present and remembering the past. But because God is eternal, God is also omniscient, which means God neither loses an idea he once had, nor does he gain an idea he previously did not have. Aren't you thankful that God knows everything? So time is subject to the God that instituted it. If it were not for an eternal God, there would be no concept of time. Which brings us to the first revelation of God in Psalm 100. And that is the revelation that before anything else, there was a God. Before there was time, there was a God. Before there was creation, there was a God. And before David wrote about him as shepherd. And before David wrote about his goodness. And before David wrote about his faithfulness, David said, we have got to know that there is a God. As a matter of fact, the very origin of Scripture even begins within the beginning God. That means before the first star ever twinkled in the sky, there was a God. Before the first gust of wind ever rustled the leaves of a tree there was a God before the first blade of grass ever broke through the soil of the earth there was a God and before the first wave ever crashed on the shoreline there was a God Moses said before the mountains were brought forth, ever thou hadst formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. Paul said that he is before all things. And the writer of Hebrews said, he that cometh to God has got to believe that he is God. But we have to ask the question here today, why did an eternal God create temporary humanity? The answer is because man is the only creation that praises God of their own free will and their own volition. You and I were created to receive the revelation that somewhere out there there is a God and then we are to praise him for that revelation. That's why David said make a joyful noise simply because of the revelation that he exists. But 
any heathen can believe that God exists and still not praise him for that revelation. Which is why Paul said when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Can I tell you here today that God does not need man's praise in order to receive praise because the heavens declare the glory of God even when you don't. That's why God had a backup plan in case the apostolic show up to church and we fold our arms and we keep our mouth shut which is why he said if these should hold their peace then the stones would immediately cry out. Can I tell you that God never stops being God so I will bless the Lord at all times. God is faithful with his presence so you and I should be faithful with our praise. That's why we don't have the luxury to praise him when everything's not going our way or when things are going our way. We've got to praise him no matter what. So in this house you ought to give God a praise right now that says it doesn't matter if I'm happy or if I'm sad. If I'm on the mountain or in the valley. If I'm blessed or if I'm broke. He is God and I've got to praise him for that. Why don't you give God praise because he exists right now. You know, you, you know us apostolics, we can get real selfish with our praise from time to time. We can come into the house of God and we can just sit here and we can say, well, I've got everything going good. I've got the 401k. I've got the dream house, the dream car, and the dream job. And we can slip into that entertainment mentality that says, go ahead and feed me, preacher. Give me a good message, a three-point and a conclusion. And I'm just going to sit here and leave the same way that I came. All the while, there's somebody that's bound up sitting on your row that's waiting on your praise to be release just to get them out of their mess I, I was in a church service several years ago and there was an atheist that was in that church service he was visiting with a young lady that was a new convert and he walked in and he sat down on about the third or fourth row and he said I, I don't even believe that there's a God I'm just here with my friend because she's been begging me to come and it was one of those Sunday nights that apostolics like to have from time to time there was dancing and there was shouting and there was aisle running and there was jumping up and down and there was hand clapping and when praise began to feel the atmosphere all of a sudden that atheist got up out of his seat and he ran down to the altar he hit his knees and with tears streaming down his face God filled that atheist with the baptism of the Holy Ghost you never know what addict might get clean when you begin to praise you never know what alcoholic might sober up when you can get past what you need and say I gotta shout for what my neighbor needs so why don't you take Take a moment and not shout for yourself uh, and say this shout is for my neighbor. This shout is for my friend. I got a question. How would you act if your lost family walked through the back doors right now? I'm talking about that family member you've been interceding for. That family member you've been fasting for. If they walked through the back doors, baby, you wouldn't want a dead, quiet church. You want an atmosphere that can get them out of their mess. 
praise him. Come on, let's magnify the Lord. Let's magnify the Lord. And Mary said, my soul doth magnify the Lord. And my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. So the question is, how did her soul magnify or enlarge a God that fills all time and space? You see, God was not made bigger in his existence. He was made bigger in her personal understanding of him. We enlarge God in our lives when we learn something new about him. Mary magnified God when she had the revelation uh, that the Messiah was in her womb. Uh, she knew that there was a God out there somewhere, but now that God is her personal Savior. And from that revelation came a praise greater than ever before from the lips of Mary. And that is the second revelation of Psalm 100. Uh, we first praise him because he is God. Uh, but David said, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise because now we know that we are the sheep of his pasture. So Mary praised God because it was a new revelation of a God that she already believed in. That's why new converts are so radical. They don't know how to clap on beat. They don't know how to only shout on the fast songs. They don't know how to gripe whenever the decibel level is too loud. They don't know how to get offended when you don't shake their hand or invite them to the restaurant. They don't know how to gripe uh, when you don't sing the old song uh, or the new song. Uh, all they know is I once was lost uh, but now I'm found. Uh, I once was blind uh, but now I see. Uh, you don't need to just shout in this house uh, because you're Pentecostal. You need to shout because somewhere out there there is a God and that God saved you. That God washed you. Are there any apostolics in this house uh, that can say this joy that I have the world didn't give it and the world can't take it away it's better than the bar it's better than the club it's better than the peel it's you ought to shout right now and say there's nothing like being apostolic there's nothing like being delivered Oh, you want to know what some of the problem is? We've been living for God so long. We forgot about the broken marriage God put together. We forgot about the needle God brought out of our veins. We forgot about the bar stool that God brought us off of. We forgot about the pornography that God delivered you from. You forgot about the car wreck you should have died in. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. But when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, you want to shout because of what? God has brought you out of. I think everybody with the Holy Ghost ought to be standing worshiping God right now. His mercy is everlasting. 
and his truth endureth through all generations. He's faithful. And that's the third revelation of Psalm 100. David said, I've been young and now I'm old. Yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken uh, nor his seed begging bread. David realized from the time that he was young uh, to the time that he was old, uh, he has never had to be without God. Uh, Can I preach to you today that there are some revelations you only get uh, when you get in the church uh, and you stick around for a little while. Uh, It took David's entire entire life to realize uh, that God is faithful that's why you don't need to praise him the same way you did when God first found you because now you've been around long enough to know he was there when nobody else was there he was there when I was fearful he was there when I almost died he was there when you were on the verge of divorce he was there in your depression he was there in your diagnosis He was there in the divorce. He was there when all hell was breaking loose in your life. You need to shout right now because God is faithful. He's there. Come on, aren't you thankful that when your friends left you, God was there? Somebody walked into this house thinking God left you. No, he hasn't left you. He's just using time to show you that it doesn't matter how long you've been in the mess you've been in. He can show up in a single moment and turn it all the way around because he's an eternal God that's unaffected by I feel a woman with the issue of blood in this house. You've been discouraged by time. You've been in this mess for 12 years, but it only takes one moment with Jesus to turn it all the way around. One moment with Jesus can fix 12 years of divorce, 12 years of doubt, 12 years of sickness, 12 years of pain. You want to reach out and touch the hem of God's garment right now and say, I'm not leaving the same way I came. This thing can break open right now if you'll just praise God. No matter how long they've been out of church, one prayer meeting might be the one thing that brings them back into the house of God. I don't care how much time has passed. Here's one thing you've got to understand about your God is that God is not confined to a clock or a calendar. 
he transcends the clock on the wall and the calendar on your desk and he operates in the realm of eternity. You can read the order of creation and find that out because in Genesis 1, God did not create the birds and then the trees. He created the trees, then he created the birds. He did not create the fish and then create the sea. He created the sea, then he created the fish. In other words, he created provision before there was anything that needed the provision. There are no birds yet, but there will be. So let me put this tree here. There are no fish yet, but there will be. So let me put this ocean here. Man has not sinned yet, but they're going to. Let me step outside of time and be the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. He was the answer before the question. He was the joy before the depression. He was the solution before the problem. You ought to shout right now because God's already got it in his hand. He's already got the healing. He's already got the miracle. He's already got the provision. He's already got it. Lift your hands and pray with everything you got right now. Come on. Come on, come on. Come on, don't be discouraged by time. You ought to be thankful for time. It is time that gives you the revelation that he's faithful. I think if there's anybody that knows about the faithfulness of God for the Walden, I think it's you and your precious family because you came here and you dug out of work 14 years ago. And when you looked around and there weren't all these people here, you just kept on plowing. When you didn't have the money you've got, you just kept on plowing. When you didn't have the building you've got, you just kept on plowing. And I feel like giving you a word right now. If God was faithful the last 14 years, he'll be faithful the next 14 years. You ought to shout right now and say our greatest day hasn't been the last 14 years. It's the next 14 years and the next 14 years. Those of you that don't believe that, you stay in your seat. But the rest of us that believe that, you ought to be shouting right now and say we're going to step into provision. We're Get out of your seat all over the house. Get out of your seat. And I want you to praise God with everything you've got. I don't guess you heard me. Get out of your seat and praise God like you believe he's faithful. Everybody, I want everybody out of your seat. Run to this altar. Everybody, get out of your seat and run to this altar with your hands up and your voices raised and say, God, I need you to show up. It's been years that I've been depressed. It's been months that I've been sad. But one moment can turn it around.
Come on, this might be the one moment that you touch the hem of his garment and years of pain can be undone. Years of sorrow can be undone. Years of trauma can be undone. Years of sickness, it can be turned around because he's faithful. He's faithful. Come on, lift your voice and get a hold of God in this house right now. Lift your voice and pray in the Holy Ghost. Listen to me for just a moment. Here's what we're going to do. Listen to me for just a moment. There are two kinds of time in the New Testament Greek. It's chronos and keros. Chronos is talking about time, but keros is talking about timing. Timing. 
You don't get the timing of God until you go through the time of God. He said, tarry in the city of Jerusalem. Time. Until you're endued with power from on high. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly, timing. Time is the, the seconds, the minutes, the hours, the days, weeks, months, years. But timing, that's an appointment. That's an open door. That's the twinkling of an eye. That's a moment. And many of you in this room, you've been going through the time. And you've been counting the days, the weeks, the months, the years. That you've been in the mess you've been in. But I feel like in this room right now, there's the timing of God. Where one moment with Him is going to turn it all around. So here's what I want you to do. Sister Walden, you can come play if you want to. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to turn and I want you to connect with somebody in this room right now. Because there are miracles that are going to transpire in this room. I'm not going to come through this crowd and lay hands on every single person. You don't need to wait on the preacher to lay hands on you to get a miracle. These signs shall follow them that... You say, well, what if I pray for them and God doesn't heal them? Well, what if you do pray for them and God does heal them? So here's what I want you to do. I want you to connect with somebody. I don't want anybody praying by themselves. I want you to connect with somebody. Join up with somebody. Connect. Connect all over the house. Connect with somebody. And I don't want you to pray in English. I want you to pray in the Holy Ghost. Here's why. Because when you pray in the Holy Ghost, you're stepping outside of time. And you are operating in the realm of eternity. And you are praying for situations you have no knowledge of. You are praying for issues and problems that you don't have any knowledge of. Sister Walden's going to play and sing. I want you to erupt in this house with faith right now. And pray under the authority of the Holy Ghost. Come on, when you pray for one, go find somebody else. Flow in the Holy Ghost. Let God lead you in this house. Follow the Holy Ghost. When you pray with one, go pray for somebody else. You might have the key to unlock the door to their miracle.
not time to stop praying yet. The Lord's still moving. Worship the Lord. Come on, lift your hands. Say yes to the Lord. What He's trying to do in your life.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, we're thankful for what you're doing in this house. There's one thing, you know, when God does in a service like this and begins to touch and, and do miracles and move in your life, and sometimes we check our miracle at the door and we walk out and we it's like, did that really happen? But it really happened. And you don't check your miracle at the door, you take it with you. You go out and walk in the power of what God's done for you. It's, you don't have to be afraid that if I get outside the doors, maybe that miracle will fall off of me. It only works in the sanctuary. No, that, that miracle will stay with you. When the Lord does something for you, He gives you His miracle stick. You know, it'll stay with you. So, you, But if you feel like that God touched you in this place today, if something's different in you today, let's, let's just see. Uh, I mean, really, if you really feel like something happened in you today, look at here. Now, see, you're testifying. And everybody in this room, these chairs, everything in this room is a witness against you. You raised your hand and said, God done something. So you'll be walking out to, out of here in just a little bit, and then tomorrow you'll be like, you need to remember that God did something for you today. And when you get up tomorrow morning, you say, you know what? If he did it yesterday, he'll do it again today. And, and just lift your hands and reignite that miracle. Sit on the side of your bed, talk in tongues. Hey, while you headed your cookout or picnic, just start thanking God for the Holy Ghost and for the miracles of healing. Don't get quiet about what God's doing. Ha, hallelujah. Come on, God's a miracle working God. Hallelujah. Hey, if it's going to be different, you're going to have to believe it to be different. Or you'll just keep walking the same old way. Jesus told several that were lame and they were lying down. Take up your bed and walk. Why? Because you're healed. I think I'll lay here a while. Then you'll still be lame. But you got to, if it's going to be different, then you got to act like it's different. Pick your bed up and get out of here. Get on to another life. Get on to something better. So take up your bed and walk. Hang it up for a testimony somewhere. You see that bed? That's what I used to lay on. It was my bed of depression. It was my bed of stress and anxiety. That was my bed of doubt and fear. But I'm not walking in that anymore. Uh, come on. Anybody feel like one of his sheep now? Anybody feel like you're the sheep of his pasture? That's a good place to be. He's a great shepherd. And before we get ready to dismiss, if you have not been baptized in the name of Jesus, you can do that today as well. And we've got robes, we've got towels, and we will baptize you. And Man, you can start uh, this long weekend. Maybe you're off tomorrow. What a great way to start my holiday, born of water, born of the Spirit. Praise God. Wouldn't that be great? Isn't it good? God's good, isn't he? Come on, give him another hand clap and a shout of praise. I believe there was at least one. Let's see if it was any other. Did anybody in here today receive the Holy Ghost for the first time? Sister, praise God. 
received the Holy Ghost for the first time, speaking in tongues. Praise God. Hey, what a great, great day to be alive, and what a great day to serve the Lord. Amen. I want to thank you again for being in the house of the Lord. All of our visitors that are here today, thank you. I want to uh, say thank you, and also because I haven't had a chance to, to do this, and now since they're both standing here, I want to say congratulations to Brother Chase and to Sister Bailey. We're very excited about what the Lord's doing for you guys. God bless you, and, and uh, just glad to see him today. Didn't know he was going to get to be with us, but we're excited. Love all of you, all of our visiting home people. Don't stay away too long. You know your seat's always here. Sister Emmy, so glad you came home from school this week. Sister Brandy, so glad you got to be with us. Brother Eddie, so glad you got to be here. Brother Drake, glad your mom and dad got to be with us today. And, uh, well, I said I wasn't going to do that because I knew I would just be like, I can't see anybody. So, uh, anyway, if you're here, Brother Jerry, God bless you, man. I'm glad you're here. And just all of you, I love every one of you deeply. Brother Caleb, fantastic word today. Thank you for preaching to us, encouraging our faith, strengthening us today. Appreciate our choir, our music, our sound and media, our ushers, our security team, everybody that does anything. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We love you. Now, have a great, wonderful day. You can be dismissed in Jesus' name. God bless you.